Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is none other than LPGA professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? I know you're a little under the weather, and uh, Cindy just mentioned she's a little bit under the weather this morning, but like the trooper that she is, uh, nevertheless, she's here uh, joining right, uh, right alongside to, to uh, help host the show. So um, I'll... I'll do my best to give you a little bit of a break today and and um, let you uh, rest and recuperate. Um, but thanks for joining us, everybody. I appreciate it. And um, just remind everybody, of course, uh, we are live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com. Go to blogtalkradio.com. Up in the search key, type Women of Golf, and that will bring you to the main page. And always at the top during the live broadcast on Tuesday mornings, uh, you will find us there right in front and center. But for some reason, if you can't join us during the live broadcast, not to worry, just go to that link, blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, and just scroll down to the uh, on-demand section. As uh, mentioned in many previous shows, uh, the programs are all auto-recorded, so you can go and listen to it uh, when it's convenient for you. Uh, You can also find us on iTunes at iTunes.com, just under the podcast section. Just type in Women of Golf, and you'll see us there as well. Uh, Always love to hear from you. Uh, Send your emails to womenofgolf at gmail.com. Any thoughts or comments about the show, uh, maybe some suggestions on what you'd like to hear for upcoming shows, we'd love to hear from you. If you're uh, in the golf industry and you want to come on the show, you can reach out to Cindy at Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com and make sure you visit her website as well, CindyMillerGolf.com. Lots of great stuff there as well. And I apologize if there's a little background noise here. They're mowing the grass uh, in in my community today. So if there's a little bit of background noise, noise, I apologize. You can also reach out to me as well at Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com. Got a great show, uh, Cindy, this morning. We've got um, first up here in the wings, we've got Madison Pressel. Uh, she's a Symmetra Tour player. And, of course, if you recognize the last name, for those of you listening into the show, uh, she's the younger sister of Morgan Pressel, uh, LPGA Tour star. And she uh, actually just competed this last weekend uh, at the Four Winds Invitational, where she tied for 11th, uh, but uh, had a lot of, uh, really a great career and, and uh, certainly following in her big sister's footsteps. And then a little bit later on in the show, uh, uh, young lady who's been on the show before and uh, certainly no uh, secret to the golf industry, LPJ teacher professional, Karen Palacios Jansen. Um, Cindy, very quickly, let just, um, uh, we were sort of having discussion off air here. Uh, Dustin Johnson, of course, uh, in the men's side of things, uh, won his first major championship, the U S open. So congratulations, Dustin Johnson. Um, what a great tournament, though. Certainly, uh, Oakmount uh, showed its teeth a little bit with some of the players, I think, throughout the weekend. What did you think of the event? 
I thought it was a wonderful event. I thought it was, you know, well run, and the golf course seemed to be perfect. I think the greens were a little too fast, and I think that's what happened with the putting and the balls moving. There were two different people that it happened to. It was Dustin, and I forget the other guy's name. But I thought right. that was a shame that, you know, the greens are so fast that it, you know. Do you think that maybe say, in, in- – yeah, do you think that maybe that sometimes, you know, obviously we want an exciting, uh, you know, the U.S. Open, of course, being one of the uh, the premier uh, major tournaments uh, on the PGA Tour. Do you think that the sometimes in their efforts to, to make it challenging, that sometimes they maybe make it a little too challenging? I mean, you know, they're essentially putting on glass sometimes in some of these U.S. Open greens. And uh, I know you've played in the U.S. Women's Open before. Um, do you find that a little bit sometimes it's maybe – made a little bit too difficult at times? I do. I do. I think that, you know, they want to make it a great test to golf, and they do, but I think it's a little much. Yeah, I I agree, and and they seem to do it, obviously, more so in the majors, particularly the U.S. Open. Um, I know over the years they've done that. That's been some of the the, uh, comments and concerns, and and hopefully after this uh, past weekend's tournament that maybe they'll revisit that a little bit. And, and certainly you want, you know, in a major championship, there's a lot of st- at stake and you want them to um, uh, certainly provide a good test of golf for the players. But I think sometimes maybe, uh, you know, it does go a little bit too far and, and can be a, a little bit unrealistic and, uh, you know, because you're certainly not going to come across a lot of those challenges in, in everyday golf. But um, nevertheless, it was a good tournament and uh, was certainly – I uh, didn't get to see all of it, but saw some of the highlights and then saw, of course, the final round with uh, with Dustin Johnson, uh, you know, raising uh, his trophy. And I, I posted, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I posted up on my Facebook page this uh, weekend afterwards, uh, a couple of pictures there with his wife and, and I believe young son. And then, of course, uh, another photo uh, shaking hands, of course, uh, of, of um, the famous uh, Jack Nicholas. Uh, giving his uh, congratulations to Dustin for a, a job well done. Um, so very, very exciting for the Johnson family, I'm sure. And, and um, uh, I'm, I'm sure he's got uh, a few more under his belt uh, as time goes on. But as I mentioned, we've got a great show this morning with uh, Madison Pressel, and I see that she's waiting uh, very patiently in the wings. So let me just uh, do a quick uh, introduction, and, and uh, we'll bring her on the show. Uh, as I mentioned, Madison uh, Pressel is joining us this morning from the Symmetra Tour, uh, she started playing golf at the age of seven and enjoys a lot of other extracurricular activities as well as traveling, uh, baking, and music. And we'll talk to her a little bit about that. And also enjoys uh, yoga and uh, and workouts. Uh, in 2004, she uh, entered into 19 events, uh, made 12 of the cuts, and uh, finished top 10 in three events. Uh, with her best finish being a first place at the Decatur Forsyth Classic. Um, she was also uh, from the University of Texas Women's Athletic uh, of the Year finalist in 2012. And she made the, in 2011, made the all Big 12 women's golf team and was uh, voted Big 12 Player of the Year. Uh, also, she was uh, made in, from 2009 to 2013, she had made the athletic director's honor roll. So certainly uh, a lot of great accolades for, uh, for Madison. So let's bring her out and uh, welcome her to the show. Good morning, Madison. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining well, thank us. thank you. I've got a bit of a thank cold, you. so forgive me. Uh, no worries. <laughs> Yeah, she's Cindy's a little under the weather this morning. So, um, I'm here, Madison, I'm here. thank you very yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and uh, I know you had a great yeah, I know you had a great tournament here this past week, and I know you would have liked to have been a little bit further up uh, on the leaderboard. In fact, you would have liked to have been in the in the W column, but nevertheless play, played a, yeah. a phenomenal uh, event. But uh, yeah, that's, that's sometimes the 
yeah, and uh, you know, congratulations on on actually uh, some stellar play. Let me just ask you. I want to roll it back just a little bit because I think this is, and I know you've. I'm sure you've probably talked about this quite a bit. Um, you know, in the last year or so, but uh, you, you actually had a, a wrist injury back, uh, which gave you a, kind of a rough year in 2015. Um, how long was the process of recovery and uh, to, to where you are now? What, what sort of happened and, and uh, lead us up to where we are today? Yeah, I, in, um, in January of 2015, my wrist kind of was hurting a little more than, uh, than it should have been. And, um, but I got a, a shot and it wasn't, um, I got shot in my wrist and they said, everything's going to be fine. And so I started, I played a couple events. I played two events and then the third event I went to play, I couldn't even grip the club. So, um, mm. went and got another shot, another cortisone shot, um, rested some more, played one more sh- tournament and practically one handed. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So, um, I ended up having surgery. I had a torn ligament and a couple other issues. So I had surgery in October and, um, started playing again in, in April. So um, I'm back full-time playing now, which is really exciting. Um, this, is the, this last week was my first um, top 15, my second top 20 since being back. So, um, you know, we're moving oh, wow. in the right direction. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I know that because we've had some other players, um, you know, from the tours that have been on the show in the past, uh, Madison, who've, who've also uh, come through wrist injuries. Obviously, that's a pretty common thing in golf, Um it, it, was it mentally, um, did you find yourself, obviously you were under some pressure in that to, to, to get out there and, and give your, your best efforts in that, but obviously with that injury, um, you're also concerned about doing further damage. Was there sort of a mental um, pressure, if you will, to, to get yourself back out there as quickly as possible, or did you know in your mind that, hey, I, I've got to take this easy and make sure that I do everything right um, so yeah, it doesn't compound I, I, the, I was the issue. More the, I was more the second. I was definitely more the second because I wanted to make sure that um, I have a long career um, and don't sure. kind of look at, at the short term um, and just be like, oh, well, I have to get this fixed right now so that I can play now. Like that that wouldn't necessarily have done me any good. So I, um, it took me a little while through rehab um, to get my wrist to where it really needed to be because I also have shoulder issues with the same arm. So I kind of had to make that whole chain work together and work well and um, and, and feel comfortable before I got out because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't swinging um, tentatively. I wanted to make sure I was able to go out there and not have mental blocks and not um, be concerned about hurting my wrist. And I think that's something that my doctor really helped me with because he was like, it was like the first time I hit golf balls, it, it hurt. And I was and I was really frustrated. He goes, there's, there's nothing wrong with your wrist. It's all fixed. So you don't have to be concerned anymore, and um, wow. and that really helped me to free up my swing. Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. Did Did you find um, Madison that you had to make any uh, when you first came back? Did you have to make any sort of adjustments to your swing at all, just to compensate a, a little bit? Or yeah, or absolutely. With- well, one of one of the main things is when I when I hurt my wrist, I was changing my swing um, without even knowing it because my body wouldn't let me go into certain positions because that was what would hurt my wrist. So I had gotten right. into some bad habits just by playing on, um, you know, like almost a broken wrist. So I had to really um, fix that. Plus, I mean, I had taken so much time off last year with either just rest between tournaments after getting shots, like you would have to rest for a month and have it in a brace. And then after surgery, I mean, that was two months of, of no golf at all. So, um, 
and then another two months of just chipping and putting. So there was a lot of time where there was not no physical swinging of the golf club. So it was almost like you had to get in the motion of swinging a club again and getting your body used to it. And you don't want to go too crazy right off the bat because or else um, you're going to get make it too sore to even then um, be able to be able to swing the way you want to. So you had to make sure that it was strong enough, it was tight enough. Um, before you before you really change your swing, but um, which is I think why it's taking me so long to kind of get back into it. I thought I'd be able to you know go right away and be able to compete again, but um, competing's hard. <laughs> and you know yeah. not, after not playing for a little while, um, it, it took me a couple of events to get back into it. Well, I imagine you get out you get out of your rhythm as well. You know when you're competing week in week out on the on the tour. And, you know, practicing, of course, in between. And then all of a sudden you've got to sort of put the brakes on that. I'm sure it's very um, difficult for somebody in your caliber of player because you're used to a, a certain regimen, if you will, a daily routine. And that, I'm sure, f- affected your workouts and, and uh, some of the other things that you had to do as well until, you, you know, you felt you were comfortable enough to get back out there. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's still there's still a lot of things that I can't do. Um, you actually mentioned yoga. I used to do yoga every day. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do yoga again because of my wrist. And, um, you know, there are things like that, that, that my life has completely changed because of, but I wasn't able to play golf before and now I can. So that's, you know, a serious blessing that I've been able to, 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 to compete again. Um, but a lot of other things have had to change to, to accomplish that. Well, well, you um, should be very proud of yourself for finishing tied for 11th. Jesus, that's awesome. Thank for, you. For all the stuff that you've been through yeah. and, you know, doubt sets in and you're not sure, oh, my gosh, can I ever play again and will I be good enough? Or, And maybe this is just a blessing and you're going to be better than ever. Let's, let's hope so. I like that. <laughs> it's definitely been a rough year, so I'm, so I'm glad to be back playing well. Good. Yeah, and, and uh, we're, we're glad that you're back as well. Um, Madison, I wanted to ask, of course, as uh, I announced in the beginning, of course, your uh, younger sister uh, to, uh, of course, Morgan Pressel, who everybody knows on the LPGA Tour. Um, let me ask you, was there any part of your game, and then, of course, vice versa for her, that you helped one another with? Was there, was there a stronger area in your game that maybe is more, I guess, a better part of the game than what she had and vice versa? And did you guys sort of help as you were growing up, sort of help one another with your games? I think we more helped each other with mental games um, because she uh, was in much tougher competition at a younger age than I was. So she had already been through it when I started. So she was able to help me kind of, you know, she had played the U.S. girls, the U.S. Ams before I did. So she would she would help me with, with how you have to um, – compose yourself and and feel going into those events and then in addition I mean you know she didn't go to college so that was kind of a different experience for me to 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 tell her about and um she did play the only you know the team aspect she played was Solheim Cup but that's very different than playing in a team in college so she was able to come out and watch and see that whole atmosphere but I think for the most part it's we have um similar genetic swings uh, so mm-hmm. if I ever have a problem, she can, I can send her a video and she would notice something or say, Hey, this helped me. Maybe it'll help you. And I think that's something that not many people have. And, and it's a definite benefit for me. Do you, in addition to obviously, um, 
like you said, similar swing genetics to you both have the same um, style of play? Like, are you both equally as aggressive or non-aggressive or how would you sort of categorize the two of you? We're both so competitive that, but at the time, you know, uh, the way you play a golf course competitive or um, aggressively or not, it really depends on a golf course, whether you can be aggressive on it or not. So I don't know if I can necessarily classify us as the equally aggressive but I would say we're right. both not we're not long hitters, um, and we play a lot of hybrids, and um, we're accurate in that way. You know, we we have good short games, and we're generally accurate, but not long. So I'd say that's kind of a similarity right. between both of our games. Right. What's the what's the strongest part of your game? Do you think what what what's the best part of your game, and what areas of your game do you feel? Um, you still need the most. I mean, obviously you want to work in all parts of your game um, with with a certain amount of equality, but at the same time, you know there's certain areas that you need to step it up a little bit more than others. What would that be, do you think? Yeah, I think um, it's actually kind of funny because it's totally different from pre-surgery for me. I used to um, not, not be able to drop a ball in the fairway better than I could hit it, and now I'm kind of spraying it a little, and I think that just getting you getting used to a newer swing and and having my wrist bowl, but um my putting has improved dramatically from before surgery probably because i practiced just putting for weeks on end but um so like so i mean right now my putting is incredible and and you know i, I keep practicing it because i want to make sure that that doesn't go away but um kind of gotta get the, the driver a little tighter and Very who did you work with on changing your swing, Madison? Well, really, I um, I kind of worked with a couple people, but I didn't – when I started playing again, I just wanted to get in the motions of hitting a golf ball again. I didn't want to be too technical um, right off the bat because I felt like I had so many um, – I had too many thoughts in my head before surgery. Um, of, oh, this is changing my swing, I need to do this. And I wanted to just have kind of a free swing. So um, I might start working with a coach now, but um, it's kind of just been looking at videos and, and fixing it on my own. Oh, that's good. Hmm. Yeah. I yeah, agree that uh... you don't want that many voices in your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had enough going on last year. I wanted to kind of, like, free it up. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, you, you said that, um, you know, one of the, the, obviously, the strong suits that you've had to do, especially enduring through the, the injury that you did, obviously helped on the mental side of things. What do you do going into a tournament, irrespective of obviously coming off of an injury? Um, what do you do mentally to prepare for a tournament? What, what sort of goes through your head when you're getting ready the week before or the week of? You know, I'll play a golf course. Um normally twice before a tournament um we'll have yardage books so i'll I'll go through and make sure i have good targets good layup spots on par fives um the morning of a tournament i'll get a pin sheet and you know look at and and mark them all in my in the greens in our yardage book and make sure that i know where um where you want to be for your next putt i guess on the on the green you want to make sure that you're in good spots you're not just hitting greens and I think that's really important and something that I've um, gotten better at this year, for sure. Um, but it's more just um, staying in the moment and staying hole by hole because 
especially the first couple events, I, w- I wasn't hitting my driver well. And, you know, if you get a, if you get a bad drive, you hit it OB, it's really easy to kind of like, oh, well, that's going to happen all day. And you, you just have to have to stay positive and take it one hole at a time and, and be patient. And that's something that I'm, I'm really working on this year. Do you ever, uh, and we've, we've heard some of the other players that have been on the show before um, sort of use this analogy, and I'm just wondering if you play in a similar style. Um, some of the players will actually break down the 18 holes into sort of mini rounds of three, or some of them might even do it in six. Do you do anything similar in that in, in your play? Do you sort of treat it like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on these three holes as though it was a sort of a mini tournament within the tournament? Do you ever do anything like that? Is that part of your no, style I, as well I or haven't. no? No, I've never done something like that. But that's interesting. Yeah, there's been a few of them that have mentioned that. I, I found it very interesting because I'd never heard of that really, you know, doing that either. And I was just curious if that was something that um, some of the players were just, you know, if it was sort of a new thing, I guess, uh, way of, of approaching. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't holes. heard that either. So I don't, it's interesting, though, for sure. Um, Are you going to be in Rochester in a couple of weeks? Yes, I will definitely be in Rochester. It's one of uh, right. one of my favorite events. That golf course is beautiful. Yes, yes. I'm going to uh, bring some of my LPGA girls golfers, so we'll come and find you. Oh, awesome. I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My little munchkins. I love them. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, right that'll, be, that'll be... That'll be exactly at, at some point, you know, if we sort of fast forward through your, your playing career, what do you want to do? Do you think following that at some point, um, you know, you're going to have to uh, do something. I know you want to continue to play as long as possible, but do you want to get into many of them have sort of transferred into the teaching side of thing, or do you have other uh, aspirations as well in addition to playing golf? Um. So I, I, of course, you know, want to play um, professionally. I, it's funny because my, my boyfriend teaches golf, so he helps me some with my swing. He's able to, um, you know, look at videos with me, or if I'm, if I'm home, he'll be able to help me. But he teaches, and, and he's great, and I can't imagine myself teaching. I, I don't think I have the patience. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've been playing my whole life, and I know how I am as a student. I wouldn't want someone like me. So I, I, don't, I don't see myself playing. Um, but I could, I, I got a finance degree from the University of Texas. I don't know if I'd end up going um, back and get, get a master's, but I, I really enjoy, I did an internship with RBC Wealth Management, so that was um, oh, okay. more of the financial advising side, um, mm-hmm. and that was a great experience, but I also love um, like commercial real estate, the finance of that side, so I don't really know, but I know I have options, and I think that's a, that's, it's right. a great place for me to be because I'm able to be free on the golf course knowing that it's not my only option as a career path. So I can go out here, I can play, I can play for, you know, however long I want, and then know if it doesn't work out, I have, I'll have i have another form of income, you know, down the road. Right. Well, I'm, awesome. I'm pretty sure with based on what we've seen so far, I don't think that'll be an issue uh, as, as far as income. I think you've got a, I think you've got a great career ahead of you. I, I just wanted to, and this is just kind of a fun question, I guess, if you will, but sort of a hypothetical, but it, who knows, it could come true, especially with two of you out there. Um, at, at some point uh, when you're full-time out in the LPJ Tour, you and your, your sister Morgan may find yourselves in a playoff uh, vying for the U.S. Women's Open. Um, what do you think you'll need? What do you think you'll need to beat Morgan? Um, you know, I don't know. I hope that day comes, though, because having us finish 1-2 would be pretty awesome. But, um, I mean, with her, you're going to need 
a serious straight face and um, <laughs> a competitiveness that I'll have never experienced in my life, I'm sure. She is one of the most competitive people, um, and especially for a U.S. Women's Open, which is something that she, you know, we've both always wanted to win, but her having competed in so many of them, um, and me not having competed in one yet, I don't, I don't quite know what it's like as much as she does. So probably she would have helped me during the week, and then all of a sudden we'd be there on Sunday. And, and I mean, we both want each other to sure. win. So I think no matter what happens, we'd both be happy. But um, I don't know. That's, that's quite, a, quite an interesting hypothetical, though. I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, well, like you said, one and two, that's certainly nothing to uh, to be ashamed with either way. And and exactly. if you're going to lose, if you're going to lose the tournament, what better person could you lose to, or vice versa, if she was to uh, not be the sister. ultimate Absolutely. winner? But it, it, exactly. So great stuff. Yeah. Um, do you guys communicate a lot? Like when she's out on a, on a tournament, like and you're out in a, say somewhere else, another part of the country in a tournament, do you guys you know communicate via social we, media we or text? We text all the time. We text all the time. Um, you know, not not like all day or something, but you know, we'll each right. say good luck to each other. We'll each be we be chatting with each other um, throughout the week, like, hey, how'd it go today? Hey, you know, because the great thing with um, internet these days is we both we don't even have to ask, like, what'd you shoot? <laughs> we we get off the right. golf course and we look at live scoring for each of us and see how the other girl did. And um, like this Sunday, we both um, shot three under in the final round. It was a great day for the Pressbook girls and. Um, you know, it's something we can both move on to the next week feeling comfortable about. How much older is she than you? Three years. Cool. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys are very, very close in in age. Well, that's, uh, Madison, that's fantastic. And, and, uh, you, you both certainly have, I mean, I, we have not certainly interviewed her at this point, but, um, uh, we've certainly listened to her speak many times, whether it be on the golf channel or, or otherwise, and uh, you both have great attitudes, and I know you're both going to have fantastic careers ahead. And we really appreciate you coming on this morning and, and sharing a few oh, moments. Oh, thank and, you so and, much. Uh, I appreciate it. And, and we would love to have you come back again. Um, maybe we can, maybe we can work it out and get both of you to come back on at the same time and, and, uh, All right. and have a discussion with, with the two of you. We'd love to do that. So, but uh, Madison, Alrighty. you have a, a great a great week, and uh, you're going to see Cindy uh, here in a little bit in Rochester when you go uh, to that event. Sounds great. Thanks, Madison. All right. Have a great week. Thank Good you luck, so honey. Much. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Madison. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Boy, really great, uh, great young lady and just, you know, full of a lot of energy and, and, um, and just, uh, you know, just a, a lot of positive energy. And I think you really need that regardless of, of what level of play. I think you have to have that, again, falls into that mindset, um, having that positive energy. Just a great young lady. Um, as I mentioned, we've got uh, Karen Palacios Jansen coming up here in just a few moments, and we're just waiting for her to to, uh, to come on board, and then we'll uh, we'll bring her out as well. But um, now, how many how many city? Uh, let me ask you, how many uh, of the youngsters are going to be coming to you uh, coming with you to Rochester? Well, I'm not sure yet because I got to figure out which day. I think we'll probably go over on Friday. Um, probably anywhere from five to twenty depending on oh, what wow. they've got going on. Yeah. We used to so go to the either- women's tournament every year, and they, they, the girls just love it, and they have a ball, and we all have shirts on that say LPGA, USGA Girls Golf Club, and um, they're so cute that all the players are nice to them, which is great. Yeah, and, and like you know, Madison has said, and you have said many times before, it's really 
um, you know, it really is the future of the game. So what a great opportunity for these young ladies to see some, um, you know, see some, uh, you know, players of, of all different uh, levels and, and skills and, and just to be able to learn from them, you know, be like little sponges out there watching them play and, and uh, getting to, you know, inter- interconnect with them as well. And, and who knows, uh, you might have the next uh, future women's open in the group. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, as I mentioned, we're just waiting for Karen to, uh, to come on board, but um, you know, just to, to go back to, to something that, um, you know, that uh, Madison had talked about, you know, with respect to her, to her injury, you know, as we've, Cindy, we've had a few players that have come on here who've had either a back or, or wrist injury. And obviously injuries are, are going to be fairly common um, anytime you're playing any sort of competitive sport with, with the, uh, you know, the uh, amount of play that, that, that they're doing. Um, that is certainly something that mentally takes a lot to get over. I think as she had sort of indicated a little bit, you know, she, in the back of your mind, you have a little bit of apprehension, especially when you feel a little bit of discomfort. Um, did you ever sustain any, any injuries through your play at all? I had a wrist injury, um, in college. It was a ganglion in my wrist and I used to have to tape it up all the time. And you fear is that, you know, I can't continue to pursue my dream. And, right. You know, again, but she she sounds like she's so well-rounded that she understands yeah. that there is life after golf. And right, the exactly. Fact that she is as good as she is. It's amazing because it's got to be pretty difficult. Um, because you know, with a sister that's a superstar and sitting yeah. in the wings, exactly. but you know, Madison's really a great player in her own right. Yeah, and and she's. You know, I think her attitude is there's certainly no rivalry there. I mean, obviously, I'm sure they've uh, growing up they were competitive and and so forth, but um, there, there's obviously mutual admiration for one another and um, nothing but well wishes to each other, and and that's great. And and as she said, you know, Morgan can provide um, some insight because she's of course out in the LPGA Tour full time and has played many U.S. Uh, women's Open tournaments, which uh, Madison hasn't had the opportunity yet, but I'm sure will in, in no time. And, um, you know, this will be some great insight for her as she comes up uh, in, in, in her uh, development uh, uh, of the game as well. Uh, I see Karen's uh, waiting for us. So let me just uh, do a quick introduction here, Cindy, and then we'll bring her out. Uh, um, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the program, Karen Palacios-Jansen, of course, uh, is an LPGA teaching professional. She's been on the show before, uh, I think a little over a year ago. Uh, she was, uh, was the 2008 LPGA teaching uh, National Teacher of the Year and has been voted by uh, voted one of America's top 50 best women teachers by Golf Digest uh, since 1998. Uh, she has her own golf events company, Swing Blade Enterprise, in Mooresville, North Carolina, and served as managing editor uh, for Golf Fitness Magazine. Uh, she's a Nike Golf and Czech Institute Performance Specialist, as well as an AFAA Certified Personal Trainer. Uh, she's developed a golf-specific fitness system excuse me, called Cardio Golf, and we'll talk a little bit about that when she comes back. Uh, on the show, and uh, Jansen is also a member of the Nike Golf Advisory staff for which she participates in Nike product development and promotion. So without further hesitation, let's bring on Karen Palacios Jansen. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Well, we appreciate it, and we're glad that uh, you were able to join us back. Um, Karen, sort of bring us up to speed since the last time it's been, I think it was a little over a year that you were on the show. Uh, what, What sort of 
new has been happening? Uh, and I, I, are you any other uh, organizations or groups that you're currently working with that maybe I didn't mention? Um, well, I'm actually just trying to keep up with Cindy. So since last time um, <laughs> I talked, I was actually elected uh, national vice president of the LPGA TNCP, which is the teacher and club pro um, part of the LPGA. So I've been doing that along with Cindy. Cindy's our president of the Northeast section, and I'm actually the, the vice president of the, of the um, national part. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah I, well, I was going to... You know, I, I, I'll tell you, I've said this many, many times in the show that Cindy is, is probably one of the hardest working women in golf. You know, she's always got something cooking, and, and it's not always on the stovetop. It's uh, out there in the golfing world. <laughs> she's just, you know, she's just a, 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 literally a workhorse. She's just always on the go and always, uh, I don't know if you caught any of the earlier part of the show, but she was mentioning about taking some of the uh, young uh, girls to uh, Rochester in a couple of weeks to an event. And uh, going to be sharing some of the, the uh, different things going on there and, and really helping these young ladies become part of um, the future of golf. And, and she just does a phenomenal job in doing that. Um, let's talk about, as I mentioned, obviously fitness is a big part of, of your uh, um, genre, if you will. Uh, bring us up to speed just for those that maybe uh, didn't tune in the last time a little bit about your system, uh, Cardio Golf. Yes, so Cardio Golf is um, a program that I developed. It's a golf-specific um, class that I teach. I actually teach it at Trump National Charlotte. It's a, a, an hour class. I take everybody through a golf-specific warm-up that they can take to the golf course when they play a practice. I do golf-specific exercises, which incorporate general exercises, but we do a lot of rotation exercises. We do a lot of stability and balance and speed exercises. And then I have these little short practice clubs um, that we use, and we do swing drills. And um, the thing about cardio golf is that um, it's a way to practice your swing and get exercise at the same time. So, you know, you've been living under a rock if you don't know you need to exercise for better health. So if you're a golfer, this way you can practice your swing and get some exercise at the same time. And what's really great about cardio golf is you're swinging the club and you're learning the mechanics, and you don't have, like, the judgment of the ball going to the left or the right. So you can really work on your swing and the speed, and just practicing the motion helps your swing become more fluid so that when you do go out and play in practice, you know, you have the motion down, and um, it's easier to improve your game. Hmm. Now, is there a difference, um, obviously, when, when you're doing some of these different programs, not um, different teaching uh, women than, than men? What's some of the differences that or some of the challenges, I guess, in teaching both? Uh, you know, that's a great question. Actually, um, so last year um, the LPGA developed a course, and we call it Teaching Her, and I kind of compiled all the information together. Cindy helped us put it together as well. And really, you know, you have to take a look at the person as a whole, so not just a man or a woman, but the person. So when you're doing a golf lesson, you know, you have to look at um, a lot of factors, obviously the physicality of the person, how much time they can play or practice, how much knowledge they already know, and then you develop a lesson around that person. So you can't just teach everybody the same way. So, um, you know, and that's what we do in the LPGA. We, we try to train our teachers to look at the person as a whole and assess them and then teach them depending on what they are. So obviously the differences between men and women, I mean, the most obvious mm -hmm. men are shaped differently, they're stronger, uh, women were more flexible. Um, men may have played more sports earlier in their life than you know some of the women that 
take up the game as an older person. So you have to teach them according to uh, what they're they're doing. Um, you know, one of the things, and obviously, and it's not a bad thing, but obviously, men and women are different, have different personalities. We, we we're wired differently, and it's good. You know, men are more technical; they're right to the point. Um, you know, they want to get things done. Where we want women analyze it a little bit more. We want some more information. We want to find out, you know, what p- makes a person tick. So, you know, if you're this, this is just an example. If you're a man teaching a woman, and she comes in and she wants to learn a certain shot, let's say she wants to get out of the sand, but he sees that, you know, her swing mechanics are not correct and he wants to correct her swing mechanics, and she's going to go away frustrated because they didn't work on what she wanted to work on. But, you know, he wasn't wrong by trying to um, change the mechanics, but he didn't really listen to her. So, you know, you really have to to look at that. So I'm not bashing men at all, but I'm just saying you want to take a look. (laughs) You want to take a look at the person and just – uh, give them what they want. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, and that's that's a very valid point. And I think, you know, as a general rule, um, Karen, I think that as teaching professionals, I think we have to sort of follow that rule uh, as a generality. I think, regardless of whether it's men or women coming uh, to take that lesson, I think we have to listen. Um, you know, we were given uh, two ears and one mouth for a reason, and that's because we're supposed to listen twice as long as we speak. <laughs> and and I think that you know, and I think that. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that, that a teaching professional can make is to try and um, sometimes put the cart before the horse. I mean, you know, we want to, um, you know, we want to correct them and, and create this ideal swing for that individual. But as you said, if the student's coming and, and wanting to work on a specific area of their game first, um, you know, deal with that. And then if there's other things that can be worked on, you can bring it up at some point, you know, maybe a little bit later in the lesson and say, hey, you know, I think if you do this, this, and this, this will only help to further improve what you're trying to work on over here. But you're, you're exactly right. I think the biggest mistake that a lot of professionals make is not really um, adhering to what the, what the student wants and, uh, you know, as you said, creates the frustration. Um, let me ask you something, too, with, with respect to um, different teaching styles. Now, I know – I think it was, you mentioned this the last time you were on, and you're referring to this now, that the LPJ is, is actually very aggressively – um, trying to get their teacher professionals to um, look at look at the the way of teaching a lot differently than they used to, and and because there are more women coming in, what are some of the other things you mentioned? You and Cindy have sort of collaborated a little bit on this. What are some other things that they're trying to do um, to, to help uh, the, the teacher professionals work with women? Right, that's that's a great question. Well, we follow um, an integrated performance system, and so. Um, you know, we teach the, the teacher to, to take a look at the student and to kind of do some investigative uh, work to find out what they need to work on. So first of all, you know, the big thing is doing a physical assessment. You have to know what the student can and cannot do. And you, you want to do no harm. So that's really important. So learning to make sure that, you know, that they can do general things, um, you know, make sure that they don't have any um, problems in their shoulders or their hips, so that's the first thing. Then the next thing is, you know, you have to do some investigative work about how much golf knowledge they have. If you start throwing out terms like swing plane and deep plane mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of thing, they don't know what you're talking about, so you have to know that. So you have to go through and do a whole interview process. So what we're trying to do is we're not trying to teach a method to our teachers. We're trying to give them a way to bring out the, the, the student's knowledge and then 
match that with what they need to work on. So there's a big interview process that goes on. There's a whole checklist of things that we need to look at during the lesson to make sure that we're giving the student the, the correct things. And then you want to make sure you have a, a good outcome. We, we teach our teachers to have a successful lesson in the end. That's really important. Do you ever – that's fantastic. Do you ever, Karen – try to help the students you know a lot of students I'm sure come to you and, and maybe come to others especially for the first time and they don't know what questions to ask they don't know what they should be looking for in a, in a teacher number one but they also don't understand you know what they should be working on they, they just sort of come with generalized questions you know how do you fix my slice and and you know so on and so forth and that's not always necessarily what they need um, do you often sometimes try to help the students put together, uh, uh, I guess, to help them practice with purpose, but help them be more organized in, in, their, in their golf games so that when they do come to a lesson, they're better prepared. Do you ever work with them in that capacity as well? Sure, um, absolutely. So I, I would say the biggest key, and, um, and I know Cindy is really good at this, is helping people set a goal for themselves. And, you know, you have to, in a half-an-hour lesson, the goal might just be, to get the ball airborne or to learn how to put your hands on the club. A long-term um, goal might be, you know, to get more distance or to learn how to hit a hook shot or something like that. So you have to set realistic goals in your lesson, and you have to take a look at the person, and, and you have to help them set those goals for themselves. Because like you say, sometimes they don't know even what their goal is. You know, if, if someone comes in and says, I want to hit the ball more consistently, that's not really a goal you have to say, I need to make sure that I know how to set my hands on the club the same each time, set up correctly each time, set up consistently so then eventually my ball striking will improve. So that, you know, that's really important is to set a goal. And I know Cindy is really good at that, not just with golf, but also to help uh, our, our members as teachers become better teachers. Cindy, do you want to add to that? Well, you need to be very aware that, you know, again, if we're talking just about women, most women come to us, and if they've had what I call the committee of they, everybody, you know, their husband, <laughs> their sister, their mother, their brother, <laughs> telling them everything they're doing wrong. And so typically they show up a little wounded. And so what we need to do is interview them to see what they're capable of doing, if they have any injuries, if they're, you know, have the ability to swing the club and then say, you know, what is it? If, what would make you glad you came here today? What would you love to get out of this? And they may say, well, I want to be consistent. And we may, like Karen said, we may spend the whole time in the lesson just getting their hands on the club the right way because we can't right. become consistent until we do the same thing over and over. Right, exactly. Well said. <laughs> Um, and, and you're right, you know, uh, both of you in that respect, you, you have to be able to, you know, you have to work with the fundamentals and you have to understand that first before you can really, um, you know, affect repairs in, in your golf game. And, and a lot of people come, you know, we've all seen this with some crazy looking swings and some crazy looking grips and things like that. And then they wonder why they, they're unable to, you know, foster any consistency in their golf game. So we have to sort of start and, and you're right, there has to be sort of a vetting process. Um, what about warming up before golf? A lot of golfers, and Karen, I'm sure you can attest to this, you see them out there and they're getting ready to play their, their, their round and they might go out for five, ten minutes at the most in the range and hit a couple of balls. It's sort of that raking, you know, we all see this raking and hitting balls, but they're not really doing it. What do you suggest as sort of a warm-up before golf? 
Oh, well, I'm glad you brought this up because uh, the warm-up is actually the key in my cardio golf system. Uh, like you said, you know, most people go to the range, they rock a few balls, and then they go to the first tee and then wonder why they don't hit a good shot until about the fifth or sixth hole. And it's really because you actually need to warm up. And hitting balls on the range is a warm-up, but you actually need to warm up even before you hit balls because, you know, those first couple of swings, you don't really have the range of motion. So you might end up topping a few or hitting a few uh, shots inconsistently. So then you think, oh, something's wrong with my swing, and then you start to fiddle with your grip or your back swing. Well, really what happened was your body was not warmed up to make a full swing. So you actually need to go and do some sort of a warm-up to get your heart rate up, to get the blood flowing into the muscles so that your muscles and joints can go through their full range of motion. Then when your muscles and joints are warmed up, then you can go ahead and swing, you know, start out easy with a couple of wedges and work up to, to the driver. The worst thing you can do is go out cold and start whacking balls. Like I said, you're not ready yet. Right. Yeah, and, and, and can, a lot of the – go ahead, Cindy, sorry. I can attest to Karen's warm-up. It's not that easy. <laughs> We did it last week at the uh, KPMG, and I'm like, holy cow, what are we doing here? But it was awesome. <laughs> well, and, and that brings really sort of into the next component that, that we want to talk about is, is you know, really beginning a, fi- a golf fitness program. You know, a lot of, uh, Karen, as you just alluded to, a lot of players, uh, you know, amateur players particularly get out there and they don't really have any sort of a routine. And we all know that once you kind of get in the flow of a, a fitness routine of any kind, really, um, you know, those, those sort of feel-good hormones kick in and you, you feel good and you feel energized and you've got all, but it's sort of getting that started. So um, sort of walk us through if you're going to put together a golf fitness program for somebody. How do they, how do they go about doing that? Sure, and that's a great question. A lot of people don't know where to start. But the first thing to start is to get a basic physical assist, um, assessment. And so if you go on my, my website, cardiogolf.com, you can actually go through a basic golf fitness assessment yourself. And what it does is you just go through a battery of exercises, and it kind of shows you where your strengths and weaknesses are. Men tend to be stronger and less flexible. Women mean, mean, tend to be more flexible and stronger. So when you're designing a golf fitness system, like if you're a man and they're giving you, uh, you know, exercises to do squats and bicep curls, it's probably not going to help your golf. But you probably no. need more stretching and rotational exercises. If you're a female and they're taking you through, you know, some yoga and stretching, that's probably not going to do you any good. You need to get some upper body strength. So you need to first assess yourself and find out where your strengths and weaknesses are. Also, you might have some sort of physical limitation that's um, inhibiting you from turning. So, you know, you want to figure that out. Then once you do that, then basically you need to go through a part where you, you align your joints and muscles, where you balance your muscles out. Like a lot of us are tighter on one side than the other. It's just natural. We're right-handed. We do things more with the right. So you need to balance those muscles out. Once you do that, then you can start to work on some strength and flexibility depending on, you know, where, where you need that. And then after you kind of get some strength and flexibility, you can start to work on balance. And then the last part of the golf fitness uh, component is getting speed. Once your muscles are aligned and they're balanced and you have, um, you have balance and stability, then you can work on some speed. If you want to go in first and start trying to swing as fast as you can, you're probably not going to do that if your balance is not good, if you have some sort of mobility issue, you know, that chain is going to be broken down wherever that issue is. 
So that's how you build a program. You assess yourself, then you kind of stretch and balance your muscles, then you work on some strength, and then eventually some speed. You know, that, that's a really great point, Karen, because, you know, I recently was, was in a conversation with somebody that said, you know, how come, you know, when you watch the pros on TV, it's very effortless in their swing. It's a very smooth, very free-flowing swing, and they're always in balance. And yet when I swing my club, it never looks like that. <laughs> and and right. it goes to what you just talked about is the stability, is they just don't have a balance with their with their muscles and, and I'm sure there's other issues as well, but um, that's a great point, um, you know, that we see with a lot of professionals. It's because they are in balance and they do have, um, you know, obviously they have their own fitness routines and things like that. But essentially that is one of the components between the professional and the amateur is that they are in, in a better balanced position when they're swinging the golf club. Right. And if you take a look at the modern golfers right now, like Dustin Johnson and Jason Day, and, um, you know, Lydia Ko, you'll see that long, lean muscles kind of work best for golf. So I would say if you don't know where to start with your golf fitness, I would start with some, uh, you know, mobility and flexibility exercises because most of us, as we get older, uh, lose flexibility. So that's probably where to, where to start. And then, you know, from there after you get some more mobility, then it will be easier for you to stay in balance and swing a little bit faster. Exactly, um, and, and obviously, in conjunction with the, with having a great uh, golf fitness program, you you have to nutritionally we have to eat better as well. I mean, obviously, what we put in our mouth affects the the overall engine of our of our body. Um, biggest mistake I think that we all see sometimes, and you know, there's nothing wrong once in a while of, of having something, but if you're out and you really want to play your best golf, the last thing that you want to do coming into the turn. Uh, is to eat a, a big old chili dog and maybe have a you know a, an, an alcoholic beverage or two out in the golf course. You might want to save that for after the round as a celebratory uh, thing, I guess, if that's what you want to do. But talk to us a little bit about nutrition. How important is it? You know, some people, well, what, what does it matter what I eat? How is it going to affect? You know, I'm not, you know, tackling somebody out in the 50 yard line here. Uh, I'm just swinging a golf club. But nutrition is important, correct? Right. You know what you eat. Before, during, and after your round of golf really makes a huge um, difference. You know, most of the time our wheels come off and that usually becomes mid-round and we kind of lose our focus and concentration. So then what happens is people think, oh, I'm hungry. So they grab something quick like a candy bar or a hot dog, like we said. Well, those kind of things that don't have any nutrition and have a lot of high carbohydrates and sugars spikes your blood sugar, and when your blood sugar spikes, you get a quick burst of energy, but then it also lowers your blood sugar, so then a few holes later, you you get tired again. So what do you do? You grab a hot dog or a candy bar, and then right. you get that quick burst. So it's like, it just starts this roller coaster. So really what you have to do is fuel up before the round, and you want to stay away from high-carb, uh, starchy foods with sugar. You want, you want to do more protein in the morning before you go tee off. Then you want to make sure that to keep your blood sugar level, that you have a snack maybe two hours into the round, which would probably be at the turn. But, and you want to choose things, again, that are high protein, low carbs, to keep your blood sugar steady. Then, um, and also you're drinking water, of course, every two or three holes to make mm. sure you stay hydrated. Then um, what's really important, um, even, at, uh, even like before you finish, maybe on the 16th or 17th hole, have maybe some nuts or some fruit or something light so that when you're finished your round, 
you're not super starving. So you don't go to the you know the 19th hole and order nachos or chili dog because you're so hungry. <laughs> then you eat you know all that food and all that exercise that you just did on the golf course. You probably are just negating by stuffing yourself. And then all that food goes to your stomach, and um, again your blood sugar drops. And so you're going to end up getting like fatter because you just overate after the golf course, and you're probably not even feeding your muscles like protein and good things to help recover for the next day. So even after your round of golf, you, you should really watch what you eat. Yeah, it, well what, said. What are some and, good and, snacks? Yeah. Pardon me? What are some good snacks? Oh, okay. So, um, you know, before a round, yogurt with fruit, um, egg with maybe a whole grain bagel or uh, bread. Um, chili is okay as long as you skip the hot dog. Peanut butter sandwiches are great. Whole wheat pancakes with maybe low uh, sugar syrup. Uh, some low-fat granola with a banana, you know, low-fat energy bars. Make sure you look at the package of the energy bar and make sure there's um, higher protein, you know, 13, 14 grams of protein and less carbohydrates. You, you want to stay away from protein bars that have more than, you know, 20 grams of sugar. Um, tuna sandwiches are good, uh, chicken salad, something with protein. You know, things that you want to stay away from are, like, donuts or danishes before you tee off. Um, hamburgers and french fries, fried food, candies, nachos. I mean, you get the idea. You want to stay away from junk right. food. They have no nutritional value, and they spike your blood sugar. Well, and also, like you said, the, the problem is a lot of those foods will give you a, a sort of a temporary um, high, if you will, for lack of better words, but then you know, a couple of holes later, suddenly you come crashing down. And, and I think this is why you see, as you said, around the 12th or 13th or 14th hole, you know, people are looking very lethargic, um, and they just don't have a lot of energy left, and they're struggling just to, to finish those last three or four holes. So, you know, nutrition is extremely important. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, I think part of the problem is a lot of people have gotten this vision of, well, I've got to eat rice cakes and, you know, and, and right, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Melba, Melba toast or something. Some people might not even know what Melba toast is anymore. I mean, I'm showing my age here. But, um, <laughs> but know you know what I mean? It's it just, you know, it, it's, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, what I'm saying I think they're under that. There's a lot of great, as you just pointed out, um, a lot of great snacks and things that you can have before, during, and, and after the round. And, you know, that's not to say that you can't have some of these other things at a later point. But if you want to go out and you want to play, it's not just about learning to build a great golf swing, uh, you know, focusing on the mental aspects. It's about feeding your body well um, with, with the proper foods in order to give you the energy um, and I think you'll enjoy your round much better. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I follow the uh, the rule of that you should never um, be hungry and you should never feel full. So that means that you should be eating a little bit out throughout the day, and especially when you're playing golf when it's hot and you're working a lot. So, you know, some other examples of great snacks are almonds, cashews, nuts, peanuts, if you can have those. Um, beef jerky is great. Um, you know, sliced bananas are it might take a little time to prepare some fruit, but take some fruit on the course with you, some apples, oranges, uh, you know, something light and airy so that you're, you're getting some nutrition and you're getting energy, but you're not like eating like a big thing at a turn and then you can't make a, a swing on the 10th tee. So, um, and then again, you want to eat all the way up until you're finished so that you're not starving at the end of your round so you don't go pig out afterwards. Right. Well, and, and you know, to, sort of take a, and of course I'm paraphrasing here, but a quote from 
certainly one of the best players that ever played, Jack Nicholas, you know, in his uh, video Golf My Way, he talked about how he would pack a sandwich or, you know, a banana or two and maybe some nuts or fruit like you suggested. Um, this was one of the greatest players that ever walked, uh, you know, the, the greens at Augusta. Um, this is what he took with him during his rounds and, and practice. He wasn't eating, you know, uh, fast food and, and these sorts of things. And, you know, we look at his career. So obviously it, it must work. So if you want to emulate uh, somebody, um, there's a good example of somebody that, that ate well uh, while he was out in the golf course. Right. And I think, uh, I think it's Jordan Spieth. He actually um, carries peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in his bag with him. And that's a great snack with whole wheat bread. Exactly. You know, I don't ever remember uh, seeing him, you know, chomping on a, a chili dog or something, uh, um, <laughs> you know, during his round. So, uh, I mean, obviously we don't see the meat as they're going around the course, but this was something that he talked about in his uh, his video. Um, Karen, unfortunately, we're, we're at the end of the, the segment, but we appreciate you coming back and some great information. Um, if, if those want to follow up a little bit more and get more information, uh, where can they go? Uh, CardioGolf.com is my website, and you can go there. And like I said, you can even uh, do a, a basic golf fitness screen to get yourself started. And I have lots of videos to show you how to warm up and exercise that are actually free. Perfect. Well, we all love free, so that's even better. Um, Karen, thank you very much for joining Cindy and I. Uh, we appreciate it always, and, and you're welcome to come back and join us anytime. And we would love to have you come back and. Uh, maybe we'll actually do a full-blown uh, fitness assessment right here on the air uh, and get a couple of students to join us and, and help them with uh, with their uh, fitness regime, if you will. But uh, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your time this morning. Yeah, I love it. And thanks so much for promoting the game of golf. We love it. Thank you, Karen. Well, I couldn't talk always. too much. <laughs> yes, Karen. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Cindy's been a little other weather, but uh, as a trooper, she was here joining okay. us anyway. But, uh, Karen, thank you very much, and, and keep doing all the great work that you do. And, and like I said, you're always uh, welcome to come back on the Women of Golf Show. We'd love to have you. Thanks. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, what a great uh, a great asset to the game, and, and what a great compliment following in the footsteps of Cindy Miller. I mean, it can't, doesn't get any better than that, does it, Cindy? <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> right. Just a, a great young lady, great asset to the game. And, and thank you, all of uh, the listeners out there, for faithfully tuning in each and every week here on the Women of Golf Show. We love uh, having you join us here. And, uh, and please uh, spread the word. Uh, we're here to stay. We've got some great guests uh, that have been on the show, but we've got uh, even more coming up in, in the future shows to come. So uh, let everybody know where we are. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf and share that link with as many people as possible, whether you're a junior golfer, uh, an intermediate or a season advanced player uh, or, or just somebody that just uh, enjoys uh, hearing about uh, some great golf out there. We would love to have you share and, and join in on the program. Um, and on behalf of uh, Cindy Miller and I, um, again, thank you to all of our great guests, uh, Madison Pressel and Karen Palacios-Jansen. Thank you very much, ladies, for joining us this morning. Uh, we appreciate it very much. And on behalf of myself and Cindy Miller, God bless and have a great week, and we will see you next week here on the Women of Golf Show. Thank you. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.